Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Saturday, June 10th, and on today's episode, we are doing potentially the final slate breakdown of the 2022-23 NBA season. To do that, joining me is a frequent guest on the podcast. He is a two-sport college athlete himself, holding plenty of divisional records. He is the son of an NBA player who was drafted alongside the 1984 draft with, who was it, Gib? Charles Barkley. He is the cousin of, who is it, Gib? Timmy Duncan. And when I ran into, I'll, I'll name drop this one. When I ran into Magic Johnson at an event, I told him that I knew your family. And Magic goes, oh, my man. <laughs> and he gave me the biggest <laughs> hug. And he told me that he loved you guys. So without further ado, I think the most frequent guests on the pod, but I don't think I've ever name dropped the, uh, all the brand name b-ball stuff that, that you come with, Gib. Gibby Graves, welcome back. How you been? Good. Happy to, happy to be back. Happy to talk NBA. It's, it's some of my favorite time of, of the year. Recording live from your new NYC apartment. Just moved into the Upper city. Upper East Side moved boy. Back, moved back into the city officially. Me and Gibby <laughs> were roommates in New York for three years together. Little pandemic had us split different ways. Now I'm in San Diego and he's back in an apartment with a uh, knock on wood. With a the love of his life. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump in. We're discussing game five of the NBA Finals, Gib. Like I said, this might be the last slate breakdown we do for this season. Of course, we'll be back for football. We'll be back for next season. We'll be doing a host of off-season futures and strategy conversations. But just in terms of breaking down an NBA game line, this might be the end-all, be-all. So on last episode... I promised that I would do one more before the season ended. And then, so I'm fulfilling a promise right now by recording an episode. But at the same time, to be totally transparent before we get this started, I have no best bets. I have no bets placed for game five. I will break down the line movement. I will explain all the trends. But that's where we need your expertise, Gib. We need you to come in and tell us, based on these line movement trends, based on these conversations that we're talking about, if you have any best bets for the listeners to tail. You got it? I got it. All right, so let's do it how we normally do. We'll all start with the opening lines and discussing the line movements, and then I will throw it to you for your best bet. DraftKings was the first book to open the Game 5 line, as they have been pretty consistently throughout the playoffs and definitely throughout the NBA Finals. When that game was pretty much wrapped up, DraftKings opens a Denver Nuggets minus 8 and a line at 207 and a half. Ticks up to eight and a half. Ticks up to minus nine. So quick Denver money coming in on DraftKings. But every other sports book opened that up at nine. So FanDuel opened it at nine and 207.5. Caesars opened it at nine. I think PointsBet might have opened it at eight and a half and moved it to nine really quickly. FanDuel eventually took some early nuggets steam and moved the line to nine and a half. And now the market has settled where it is nine everywhere. So we are seeing, according to FanDuel splits, 68% of the bets on the Miami side, 66% of the money on the Miami side. So it seems to be some public and some money action on the Miami side. Of course, if we're looking 
deeply into that. There's slightly more percentage of bets than money. So the average ticket on the Denver side is higher. There's more money being bent on the Denver side. And if you follow the bigger bets, it correlates with the line movement. So this all makes sense in the general line movement handicapping process that we do. And then if we look at the total, it opened at 207 or 207 and a half. Caesars actually opened this at 208 and a half. And then the whole market has settled at 208. So we have some spots opening this at 207 and a half, some spots opening this at 208 and a half, and an entire market is settling at 208. In the spread, like I said, some places opened it below nine, some places had it above nine, and now the market has settled to nine. So when I see these bouncing numbers in the market, when I see these mixed indicators from different sports books not trending a certain direction, I come at saying, I don't really have too much information to work off. I don't have any strong indicators that I like to play into. The betting splits don't tell me that much of a story being 68, 66%. And for all of those reasons, I'm left here recording a podcast and not giving out any bets. So Gib, after you've heard me break all of that down, after you've been watching the last few games, after you've been the guru all playoffs who has been betting Miami's alt spread minus 4.5 like a dog. Tell me, where is your best bet for game five? Um, this is hard. I think like all, the, all the, the data that you just said is true. Uh, and I've looked at that also. But I do like the, My- the Miami uh, plus nine. Um, I think... Miami's got their their back against the walls for this game, so I think they have to they have to bring. You're going to see a little bit more energy from them. So the the two bets that I like Miami plus nine, and I like the over of 208. I think Miami has to come out gunning. I think Denver's going to try and keep up with them, but this is Miami saying we have one we have only one way to do this, and we got to. They're going to have one good shooting game. When's the last good shooting game they've had? They've something, actually something's been shooting get for... pretty well over the course of the series. It's just been they haven't been getting enough like shots on goal. They haven't been getting as many offensive rebounds. Yeah. They've been turning the ball over too much. They, they got to clean some stuff up. But, yeah, they're going to they, – they should. I mean, based on how this playoffs goes, it, it would be anomalous to, ha- to have them not having that random hot shooting night. Yeah, like last night, Max Struess was – Awful, right? Like, ter- like, uh, couldn't play him. Uh, benched him for Duncan Robinson. Uh, and I don't think Max Struess, maybe he had one good game this year, like an okay game, but no game where you're like, wow, Max Struess is really, he's really out here getting it. Uh, and he's too good of a shooter. Struess played really well was game two yeah. when he won. Yeah, exactly, right? Because that was a game that he played well. That's what I was thinking. He did have one good game. And he was awful last night. So... I have my money is that one of their shooters that could be Duncan Robinson, that could be Struess. I wouldn't call Caleb Martin really a shooter, but Caleb Martin, one of these swing guys, even Kevin Celtics Love. would call Caleb Martin a shooter, and I think they're the only team or person in the NBA that would. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of, one of them gets hot, um, which opens the floor a little bit for Jimmy B uh, and Bam, who I think Bam has been playing amazing. Um, uh, and they, they put up a good fight at least. So I'm, I'm taking the Miami plus plus nine and that over for 208. Okay, I think that presents a great split to this discussion because I agree with both of those plays. If I had to choose 
one of one play if i had to pick a best bet for this game it would be one of those i'll tell you which one it would be in a second those would be my first two options but gib together i would never play them i would never play, and i'm not talking about a parlay I'm, I'm saying even straight i would never bet the over 208 in a straight bet and bet the miami heat plus nine the reason why is because if we think this is going to be a lower scoring game if we're seeing the caesars total come down from 208 and a half to 208 if we're seeing it settle at that 208 number and of course 208 for an nba total is incredibly low in 2023 i mean we're seeing most games end in the 220s during the regular season and playoffs we have seen golden state sacramento games be priced at 239 even in the playoffs 241 even in the playoffs so to have a line at 208 is certainly one of the lower numbers on the board and if we have less scoring in a game it just simply makes sense that it will be harder for denver to cover a bigger number so in a low scoring game the plus nine just inherently holds a lot of value because nine points in an 190 scoring game is is hard to cover right so the more total points that are scored the more ability the favorite has to cover a large spread and plus nine is certainly a large spread and 208 is certainly a low total so those right. bets while i agree with both of them are kind of inversely correlated for me i would choose heat plus nine as my mm -hmm. preferred would you agree or would you rather play the over 208 uh the miami plus nine stood out more stood out more to me if i had to make one bet it would be the plus nine. do you do you agree with what i'm saying that like it's a little sticky to hit them both and 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 you'd rather oh yeah i i i don't i don't like taking spread and uh over over unders total score together i never it's never been something i i like to do uh i know you put an explanation my the way i bet that was never something that i i like to do uh, but no, I wouldn't. I don't. I'm not going to put them together. They'd be I best. always like to consider how they are correlated angles. And one thing I do give is a parlay trick. So I don't actually put them in a same game par. I don't actually submit a same game parlay. But I just go on. Um, I go on FanDuel and I put in the tickets like plus nine heat with the under in this game versus plus nine heat with the over in this game. And I see which one of those parlay options is giving you less payout because the, the option in the parlay that's going to give you less payout just shows to you which angles are correlated in this game. So if you were to go to FanDuel and you were going to parlay the plus nine with the under, you'd get less of a payout if you were going to parlay plus nine with the over. That shows plus nine and the under are correlated in this game. Gibby speaks to not playing both angles in the same game. I think that's totally fine. I like to always understand how they are correlated if I am going to step into both. And I very rarely have equal exposure on one of them. If I'm going to play an over 208 and a plus nine, I'll, I'll hit the plus nine for a unit and the 208 for half a unit or three quarters of a unit. I will slightly tilt my exposure, not to the side that I like better, but to the side that I expect to gain more closing line value before the game tips off. So which one do i expect to gain more movement in the in the line movement and that will be the better bet with higher expected volume give are there any props are there any players that you want to talk about or should we just move on because i have two other nba topics i want to hit one player that i want to talk about michael porter jr michael porter jr not his best series can i wait can i interrupt you 
Yeah. Michael Malone just said we are not taking him out of the rotation. You're crazy. So are we targeting? Are we buying low on some MPJ overs? You're shaking your head yes. Go on. I am in high support of this. <laughs> so uh, I like to build. I like to build some parlays or just look at you know bets one off to see what props are are out there. And Michael Porter Jr. scores most of his points off threes or has in the past. Uh, not this series. Like last game, I think he had 11 zero threes. How many games have you seen Michael Porter Jr. hit four threes? It's a lot. He's hit four threes in a lot of games before. That's plus 700 to hit four threes. I'm looking at that like if Michael Porter Jr. is feeling it, that's a good bet. That's good that. value. That's that. good value at plus 700. Can I give you another one? Yeah, go ahead. Michael Porter Jr., highest scoring player in game five, 100 to one. Ooh, what is that? 100 to one. No, no way. That's, yep. that's, that's unbelievable odds right there, right? Like, <laughs> if, if MPJ has 32, he could easily do it, and he could easily be the highest scorer in a game at 100 to 1 odds when the coach is saying we are like, okay, Gip, put it this way. I've been saying to you, I have no bets in this game. Now I have two bets in this game. We will be playing <laughs> MPJ's four threes prop, and we will be playing MPJ to be the leading scorer in this game, 100 to 1. And here's one thing that made me think, like, this is a good idea. Like, this is smart money. Um, because, like, last game, Miami's defense was forcing Joker and uh, Jamal Murray to pass the ball. But they decided to pass to Aaron Gordon, who was cutting because he was open. They're going to now think about, let's cut off game three. That's gonna, he's going to be open. He's at home. He's at home. Right. He's he and he is too good of a player. He's too good, he's too good of a player. I am betting. I am. If I yeah, last I series, this. if you bet on the Lakers series, if like Michael Porter Jr. to hit four threes in any of the games, well, I I would imagine it would have been like plus two fifty, or plus two twenty five. So plus seven hundred. Right. Yeah. Right. So you're just getting ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. It's just ridiculous value. All right. I absolutely love it. Let's end the game five discussion right there. Best bets for this game are heat plus nine on a side or total slight lean towards the over 208, but wouldn't play it in conjunction with the heat plus nine and player props love targeting the MPJ overs MPJ escalator of highest scoring player in the game. And if you were going yes, to play the over 208, maybe you then start to get frisky with these MPJ props. Hey, right. Me. Okay, so okay. I have two other questions for you, Gib. Yep. Let's step away from the 2022 NBA season, and let's go into the future. And we have a potential yep. superstar joining the league in uh, Victor, right? Big Vic. <laughs> My question to you off the bat is, is he Hall of Fame or bust? That's kind of the way I'm approaching his career is – he had, like people are putting him with the likes of LeBron's and MJ's and best prospects of all times and, and Anthony Davis of the last 10 years and whatever. I'm like, let's chill on that. But given the amount of hype and given what we've seen, like if we don't at least get an Alonzo Mourning career, um, I think it's a with the hype that you, he uh, has gotten. Weigh which, in on that. You know, they're saying, yeah, I think the, the yeah. prospects you can actually speak to with this hype, Anthony Davis, LeBron, 
maybe Akeem Olajuwon in '84, and then Co- and then Kareem. Oh yeah, if he has if he I has a, a Hakeem Hakeem. career, if he has an amazing Hakeem he's, career. He had an amazing career. Yes, you take. Uh, do you take Patrick Ewing's career? No ships. Uh, Twenty-seven thousand points. All right, let's keep going. Uh, best, if he has a Patrick you know, Ewing second career. Second or third best in the league career? for ten years. No, no. I don't think I don't think he meets expectations. No, absolutely. Not. Alonzo Mourning. I don't think had. I, I I would I would argue that Patrick Ewing above. Okay, so I think between is it between Alonzo and Al- Alonzo Mourning? I think I think the Pat, the Pat, bottom Ewing, Ewing, Ewing. he okay, can so be Hakeem, is David Robinson. So somewhere between Hakeem and Ewing is the threshold if he has David Wembanyama being a bust or success. <laughs> distant cousin but if, if 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 he has David Robinson's okay. career the he's admiral. not a bust you would know um, well as the word bust let's just let's just <laughs> clarify there's bust and not meeting expectations right <laughs> like uh yeah he's Alonzo Mourning or Patrick Ewing but he's not a bust a bust is yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great. I think that You're was a, a Hall sentence. of Fame player. Maybe yeah. the best you said. Now, if you, the question you said is, <laughs> what about him being? Right, right, right. If you're a multi-time All Star and you still potentially are having playoff, has run, he okay, has yeah, he met expectations? What about him? No. What, what he about hasn't Embiid? met what about expectations Embiid right now because you're you're. If yeah, Joel's has an Embiid-like trajectory where he is potential MVP yeah. of the league, top three in the MVP every year, but can't make he was it out the of the second pick. round of the playoffs. He was supposed to be the first pick before his, his foot got hurt, but um, yeah. he's no. had this hype. I think it's LeBron okay. in the past. So has, has in, our, in our lifetime. Or like our lifetime of like... Right, because he was the third pick. He came in with injuries. He's overperformed. He stayed healthy. Andrew, versus, yeah, that's a great years. cross-sport um, comparison. Or... If you really think about it, because Katie was really Katie was really up there, but Greg Oden had like had he went number one, and and it's funny it's funny now, but like the expectations. Honestly, the, the only other he was one on the Sports Illustrated like LeBron at like seventeen with, like Mike, with Mike Conley. It was he had those expectations, but I don't I don't think he had the same hype, but he had crazy hype. Uh, hockey maybe Sid the Kid Sid the Kid Crosby had that kind of hype. Katie. <laughs> okay. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't follow hockey enough to comment back. Let me let me let me transition this over to the next conversation that yeah. I have, which is a a star on the on the okay. downturn, right? And that's Chris Paul, now probably on his way out of the uh, Suns. Yeah. But Gib, literally three minutes before we jumped on the pod, Woj reported that the Golden State Warriors are a possibility for Chris Paul. I'm seeing your reaction to that live. Some cro- crooked eyes. Um, my question to you, Gib. Right. I see three potential lanes for Chris Paul right here. And tell me which one you see him fitting into. One is he continues his Chris Paul 
modern day yeah, Charles Barkley, greatest player to never win a ring. Two, he wins a ring playing in that second or third fiddle uh, role, and he instantly becomes J Kid 2.0. No one ever talks about J Kid being ringless. However, we were talking about J Kid being ringless until like, oh, is he going to be the next one, right? So we had that discussion. And I, then, love, but, I love the avenues. The Jason Kidd comparison. I, I, to that I, you're the first person I've heard say one, it, and, but I thought it the immediately. Third one I was would like, be that's the exactly Payton what he should be, be looking if at. If he Jason wins a Kidd ring, he to went and he's like Dallas, really a role player, the, the and really like a low minute, like not What do I realistically see happen as? Not a high usage guy. I don't see him winning a ring. That's kind of the three different routes that I see Chris Paul's One of the greatest players to never win a ring. I don't think he's the greatest The greatest or second greatest with Chuck to never win a ring. He either becomes no, Jason no, Kidd no, or Gary no Payton bias. with a ring. How do you see it going, Chris? And, how, and how do you do? You like my avenues that this potentially leads? I've I. Where do you think Chris Paul should go? Yeah, uh, I agree with like he doesn't want to come east because fam situation. It seems that Suns are a distant are are still a remaining option if he was going to sign vet minimum and take his 15 year buyout plus his vet minimum three and get an 18 million dollar deal. Or it seems Warriors now emerging. I think Lakers with LeBron is what the public always talks about, but I don't see it being realistic. I think Clippers where, going well, back. One comment to LA, I have: where, where I would like to see him end up, I think would Kawhi be and Paul George is a team that's playing in the finals right now. A lot of sense. And then Miami, uh, some he, people have floated some of the Eastern teams, but I just don't fit, right? see Chris like, wanting as to come a, east because as of their the point guard, he's so much better than Kyle Lowry. He's better than. Um, I've also wait, wait, wait. Uh, I've also seen San Antonio floated a lot because they have. Space Tyler, and there's a lot of things that would work, in, but, like, but I don't think he's going to Miami. Does he want to go to a team where he's going to kind of okay? Yeah, he'd be, he would be Paul, great there. Like um, that middle year where he did a, a stint in OKC. I, I don't, I don't know why this is legal, but seven I truly think he's going back like, to Phoenix. That would like, be the season I, I just, that Chris Paul would be in. I don't know how like you could buy somebody out and like I know it's legal. Potential champion. I think realistically that's his best option. I don't, I don't think, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Dave Vincent. Yep. Personality-wise would fit perfectly with Jimmy. And I think, and I think you you saying I'm surprised that it's legal or I'm not sure. If it does happen, 
and I agree. He should go back to Phoenix if he if he really wants to win a ring, and he's clearly has a good oh, family like, situation. I don't know exactly how the dead money works, on but his, like, like it, it just doesn't seem like it should be allowed. Like if you if you like buy out a player, you should be out on them for at least one year, right? Like one year minimum, right? So I think that is a really good situation for him. We know he loves book. We know. KD and him are friend, probably friendly, and we know him and Aiton have a good on-court relationship, at least. Aiton's uh, praised him a lot, so we'll see what can happen. Now they bring in Frank Vogel. I, I think that's the best place for him, but I also I completely agree with what you're saying. It's crazy that it's legal, yeah, it's, and we just signed a new CBA, but in some iteration of rule changes in the future, like we have to prevent a guy from... So many teams are going to try and start doing that. Why don't we give you a third-year half half option rookie but not rookie uh 50 percent buyout thing oh then we're gonna buy you out it counts as dead money anyways and then re like that is such a loophole that teams are gonna start exploiting if they don't cut it off that's, that's ugly yeah agreed agreed that seems like a very easy yeah, workaround. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if we have anything left. I think that should wrap us up. Um, funny how the discussion came right back around to Spurs greats with David Robinson and Vic and then talking about Chris Paul with the Barkley stuff. All right. Um, that'll wrap us up for game five of the NBA Finals. Remember, best bets are Heat plus nine. Slight lean to the over 208. Loving the player props surrounding Michael Porter Jr.'s four threes at seven to one and leading score at 100 to one. I will be back sometime. Gib, I think me, you, and Austin will do a playoff award show after the finals, and then I'm going to take two weeks off. I will, yeah, let's do that. And then on that podcast, I will discuss scheduling for the offseason. As always, peace out. Don't be the thing.